Hello and welcome to another episode of Ben and Benji Do The News, where we take a look at the stories that you definitely won't find on the front page. Now, it's a slightly different sounding episode this week because I'm away in Glasgow. And Benji is down in his mansion on the south coast. So we're bringing you this week's <laughs> couldn't episode. Be any from... more, couldn't be any more contrasted in our, in our, in our lifestyles right now. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get further away from you, Benji, but the flight to Shetland was cancelled. So <laughs> I had to make do for the week. Um, so the first order of business, I think, is to announce last week's winner of the Beeford Award for Audacity. Do you want to run through the, the contenders? Yeah, absolutely. So we had a pretty stiff competition. We had T for 2P, uh, the lady that was booted out of the bar in Belfast for bringing her own tea bag. Jim Davison sailing into Weymouth Harbour, handing out free gags and free wine. There was the frozen poo with all the second mentions falling from the sky. And the man who went to the pub while he was off sick got sacked by his employer and then won the appeal. Drum roll, please, for the Bayford Award for Audacity. Oh, it's Tifa 2P, the lady that got yeah. booted out of the Belfast bar. It had, to, it had to be. I mean, that was pure a cup of Audacity with two bags and ten sugars. <laughs> A cup of audacity. I like that. <laughs> all the gags, all the gags. Uh, right, on with uh, the um, the podcast. Ben, what is your first story? So my first story is, um, yeah, this is kind of a short one that I'm going to do. Um, but it was just the, the sort of language that sells this idea to you as you read in the article struck me funny so it's from the guardian now we all know the harm that single-use plastics do to the environment and in this article it says that scientists have come up with a possible solution right and that solution is to convert used plastic bottles into vanilla flavoring <laughs> <laughs> now you know, we all know that turtles <laughs> don't like eating plastics. And to be honest, I don't fancy the idea much anyway. But I was willing to keep an open mind. But it's just <laughs> as you through it, you feel like the scientists really need to get a PR. So it says um, plastic bottles have been converted into vanilla flavoring using genetically engineered bacteria. The first time a valuable chemical has been brewed from waste plastic. So you've managed to get <laughs> bacteria chemical and waste all into one paragraph mm, food stuff described as a chemical that's made by bacteria from used plastic hold the ice cream i'm full <laughs> <laughs> and what i'm worried about is the turtles might be more inclined to eat the plastic if it tastes of vanilla that's it it's a gateway plastic <laughs> you flavor it as vanilla and then God, they're on the carrier bags in no time. But I'm only going to read a couple more parts of this story just to give you the well, idea. I but know, it kind of goes on. <laughs> so it's like you feel like the scientists going, no, no, no. We haven't we haven't described this properly. So researchers have developed mutant enzymes. Sorry. <laughs> um, to help break down the uh, plastics, and they've now used bugs to convert it into vanilla flavoring. Uh, and it goes on to say um, they've used engineered, so it's not just any bacteria, it's engineered E. coli bacteria <laughs> that does all the work, um, which they oh. use in a warmed microbial broth. 
but yeah, I just it's just like it's just funny, isn't it? It's like bacteria. Oh, what what bacteria? Probably like a good one, is it? That's like in Yakult. E. coli. Sorry. The trusty, <laughs> unfriendly bacteria. <laughs> yeah. The bacteria no one wants at a party. Um, I think I think I think this story is brilliant. I mean. It's a lot of effort for, for vanilla flavouring. I mean, it would probably be easier to turn plastic bottles into like ventilators or defibrillators, but no. Yeah, I mean, do you know what? If I was brainstorming this, I'd say, well, let's keep it simple. Let's let's keep it sort of in the non-food stuff sphere. Let's not make something that you have to eat. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That just tickled me. Fantastic. So what have you spotted this week, Benji? Well, actually, um, now that our podcast has taken flight and is reaching the masses, um, mm-hmm. I've now got minions that bring me stories. So oh, um, Jake Johnson suggested this one to me. And uh, despite my discerning eye, I thought it was quite good. So this coming out of CheshireLive.co.uk. Excellent. A grieving pet owner from Warrington has described the moment the beloved pet a family thought they had cremated returned home as if, quote, nothing has happened. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It gets better. Rachel Fitzsimmons from Stretton was about to do a workout when the pet cat Frankie turned up on the family's doorstep weeks after his cremation. Now, as far as getting out of exercise and excuses go this is a pretty wild one yeah that's definitely outside uh, the box sorry <laughs> outside I can't, the coffin i can't do the workout today uh, because my pet cat who we'd actually cremated three weeks ago has just turned up on the doorstep as if nothing's happened i mean <laughs> hello <laughs> <laughs> what's great about this story is the unanswered questions so far so how do you accidentally not cremate a cat back in may 19 so back in may right 2020 no no this story is written weirdly i think back in may this year frankie did not come home and the family took to social media to launch a search within their local community but were heartbroken when they spotted a dead cat that looked like him on the hard shoulder of the M56. (laughs) Sorry. So they they screeched to a halt. (laughs) They got the highways agency to pick him up after briefly, briefly seeing this cat. They took him home, cremated him, I think put some plaque in the back garden, and then the bugger turns up. Um, And, and there's a, picture to, to to accompany this story in uh, in on Cheshire Live. I think it's like the Warrington Gazette or something. Mm-hmm. And the way that Rachel's children are cradling the cat, uh, the alive cat, the one that actually belongs to him, yeah. uh, when it was alive, I'm not fucking surprised it went away for three weeks because its eyes are about to pop out the way that <laughs> they're, they're, they're squeezing this cat. Um... Are they going, oh, you little... You little bugger. Oh, we've got rid of you. They're going to keep cremating cats while that cat keeps having breaks from its horrible family. Um, I also, I also like the way that the way that they describe that the cat turned up as if nothing had happened, like so nonchalantly uh, that it didn't give a shit at all. Yeah, almost like it had been cremated, but it just didn't care. It's like, yeah, so what? <laughs> it hot? 
gets hot in the summer, so what? Yeah, I fucking heard that you'd cremated another cat <laughs> that wasn't even yours. And what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw that. Didn't want to go to it. <laughs> Back now. <laughs> also, so just... just, just um, um, this story isn't from TikTok, so there is slightly more detail. Oh, great. Um, Some much-needed detail on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so its ashes were placed in a wooden box with Frankie's name etched on a metal plaque on top of the box. Like, what do you do with that um, now? Like, do you toss it away? Do you hand yeah. it back to the vet? Like, they, they haven't been able to find, find who the actual owner is, but quite sweet that a random cat has, has, has got that send-off. Yeah. A grave to the unknown cat. <laughs> yes, the name of our new podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The surreal podcast. So oh, uh, that's, that's yeah. just uh, yeah, brilliant. That's my uh, first story. That one. And cool. seamlessly segueing back to you for a bit of light relief. Let's look at some second mentions. So this is where we take a look at second mentions inspired uh, by the Twitter accounts at second mentions and at knobbly monsters. So this is where we look at people will know what this is, even if they don't know the name for it. It's where you have something in the first par and then you come up with an alternative name on second mention. So each week, me and Benji give one to each other to kind of try and guess what it is the second mention for. I have a ridiculously easy one for you, Benji. You'll you'll definitely guess this, but I just couldn't resist using it because of the just the paint, picture it paints and kind of the connotations of it. So my second mention for you is the Amazon Overlord. <laughs> <laughs> is this um an is this an indigenous chief from south america it is not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> excellent purposeful wrong answer there <laughs> it's got to be jeff bezos right it is, yeah. But do you know what? I think it really demonstrates the power of a second mention, how you can really add in a sort of subconscious narrative to it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> describing him as an overlord really sort of tells you that side of the story, doesn't it? I've got a tough one for you now. I mean, you oh, may right. have seen it online. Okay. So, so, so. Fruit-patterned underwater balls. Yeah, I did, <laughs> I did see this. Repeat, just repeat it again. Fruit patterned underwater balls. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, oh, I did see this, but I can't actually remember what it was. I know it's something to do with watermelons. <laughs> yeah. Is so... it actually watermelons or is it something else like a football that's made to look like a watermelon? That's it. That's it. That's it. So very specific. It is very specific. <laughs> so, so, so this is... Um... This is a story, it's a picture story really in The Sun today about, uh, it's an exclusive, about England footy stars have been twisting their melons to sink Scotland tomorrow by working out with fruit patterned underwater balls. So they're inflatable balls that look like watermelons. But you okay. really have to kind of, my heart goes out to Nick Parker on this one, because once you've said inflatable ball um, painted to look like a melon, or once you've used the word melon in the opening part, you're kind of at odds to find anything else um, to describe an inflatable ball that looks like a watermelon. 
Yeah, it's true. I would say, though, by putting so many words in that second mention, you could split that in half, couldn't you? You could say underwater balls as one second mention and then fruit patterned sports item. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's better. But, oh, that's good. So as part of this last week, we did our first kind of challenge for second mentions where we asked people to come up with uh, second mentions for Boris Johnson. Uh, Benji, run through what we got. Absolutely. So um, Jake Johnston, who, who's a keen uh, lover of, of, of this podcast, hit us with five, actually. So I'll roll, roll oh, through wow. them quickly. Okay. The roly-poly Brexit buccaneer. Yes. Yellow-toothed blonde. <laughs> cash-strapped premier. The Latin-reciting leader. And the babbling Tory chief. Um, these are excellent and, <laughs> and also not, uh, is jake uh, a tabloid journalist no no no, no. um he could be one if he wanted a terrible salary and no self-respect um yeah <laughs> by, by the way I have roll to say up to roll say, up <laughs> i do have to say at this point that, that, that both ben and i both are journalists of the tabloid variety or have worked mm. in tabloids at one point um and uh laughs with lulu who's a friend of mine lucy and jack uh, I think slightly missed the point and just said vanilla haired prick. Yeah, you've got to get the subtlety. That's the subtlety I was talking about. You can insult him. You've just got to make it so it's not on the sort of first veneer of the word, like sharpened <laughs> to a, a point. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So we want to hear your second mentions for our new challenge this week. And harking back to the fruit patterned underwater balls... <laughs> We want to get you to give your second mentions for a football. That's right, a sphere-shaped sport apparatus, a round play aid. (laughs) (laughs) The pig's bladder-inspired synthetic kick toy. Anyway, we should not we, we shouldn't try and use them all up. <laughs> we want to hear what everyone else can come up with, but you get the idea with that. Nice Euros themed challenge there. <laughs> right, back to the match. Ooh, okay. See what I did there? Second <laughs> half. It's <laughs> <laughs> all told. Um <laughs> right. it's a good story. It's a good uh, it's a good question. Let me just find where it is. Now, yeah, this is uh this is similar to your cat in a way, but it's quite unbelievable. So this is <laughs> from the New Indian Express, and it's the story ah, of my Mercury. favorite. <laughs> yes, I get it delivered every day. Much it's better the... than the old Indian Express. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one reads that anymore. Um, it's the story of thirty-four-year-old Muslim man Raman and his Hindu girlfriend uh, Sajitha, twenty-eight. She's a Hindu, um, and they met ten years ago. Fear in their parents wouldn't approve of their relationship, Raman decided to keep it secret. But he also decided to move her into his small bedroom in his parents' house, <laughs> where she has lived without anyone knowing for the last 10 years. Now, it's not the most romantic of proposals, is it? Sajitha, I want to ask you something. Yes, Raman? Sajitha, 
will you come and hide in my bedroom for 10 years? <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. Now, they had intended <laughs> to save up money for their own place, but rather than taking months, it took a decade, right? Oh, so basically, he'd lock the door while he was at work, they'd eat all their meals in the room, and she would climb out of the window at night to stretch her legs. How small so, was this room? Or, or how tall yeah, is she? <laughs> well in the picture she looks normal height so i'm guessing he had the smallest room in the house um so um yeah so hang on i'm just quickly scanning through the details yeah so 10 years on from that um they must have finally got enough money together to get their own place right so do you think that um Raman kind of you know, said, right, I'm going to move out and, uh, you know, it's, it's time for me to get my own place. So I'm, I'm going to start looking elsewhere. No, he did uh, exactly what you'd expect from him. And he just disappeared. <laughs> so <laughs> They reported him missing and he was only found. Um, and this story uncovered when his brother spotted him. And in the piece, it says spotted him riding around the town on a two wheeler, which I take to be a motorbike. <laughs> um, and kind of the story came out. Um, but what's really weird, well, even weirder, is Sajitha's family, 10 years ago, filed a missing persons report, and police even interviewed Raman at the time. Um, however, they concluded she must be dead and took the name off the family's ration card. I mean, I don't know, it's just, it's mind-boggling. Um, so anyway, all of this seems to have been in vain. Uh, because uh, Sajitha's father said, I'm so glad she's alive. We would never have objected to their marriage. <laughs> so Raman did it all for nothing. Ten years living in a, like, a box room. Um, now, there could be a sort of darker side upon investigation to this, yeah. which I'm aware of. You know, like this is their story. But I, I do yeah. feel like the police should maybe just kind of cover off all angles. Um, but if we take it at face value, I, and Raman really was that shy slash nervous about declaring his love for Shajitha. I think this might be the world's most extreme case of needing to grow a pair. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, are, you, you just have a talent with these sorts of stories, you know. You make Sherlock Holmes look like an amateur. You know, there's, there's, there's a way you delve inside the... Um, the engine room of, of these weird stories, which uh, which which most journalists just uh, rip and write. Yes. <laughs> On to the next. <laughs> so so Swiss cheese alert. <laughs> Incoming holes. Lack of deep. <laughs> Warning: This story may not stand up. <laughs> Do not feed to primates. <laughs> so we've all heard of angry exes waging a war of revenge um, to their to their partners to the tune of violence blackmail and even sometimes murder but tiktoker christina has had the most pathetic um revenge on her ex um that i can think of so the way that she gets her ex back and she's been doing so for five years is she secretly signs him up for various email subscription lists. <laughs> and in the words of this Mirror article, doesn't plan on stopping anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, 
ever since my ex and I broke up in 2016, I've had a very interesting tactic for revenge. My revenge comes in the form of an email newsletter. And she says this means that if I'm in an airport and I need an email to use their Wi-Fi, I give them his. If I want to read an article, but they need an email, guess what? No, she doesn't. (laughs) She does. She does. I send them his. She also went to say that she signs him up for any future events that are happening when asked by different companies, as well as all topics of interest. And the final line, (laughs) but he has no idea that she is the one behind the spam emails. (laughs) I feel like he might have an idea, actually, because she sounds like the type of person that does that has probably given some clues. And now she's told the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, very short and sweet one to end on. But um, uh, I think, yeah, probably the most pathetic hate campaign I've ever come across. Um, But (laughs) possibly one that Gillian Bayfield Bayfield would approve of. Yeah, I think the audacity there is sort of, it's one of those things that you can imagine maybe doing. But then if you told someone out loud, you'd be like, oh God, I'm quite sad and pathetic. I I need to move on. <laughs> Sitting in an airport kind of giggling as you put his email address into yeah, your phone. Yeah, and also, don't you need to like verify the email address as well? Yeah. And then you have to, then you have to, you only get one go. So you have to ring him and say, uh, sorry, mate, by the way, could you um, just press confirm on that uh, Wi-Fi email that I've just sent you? I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, you probably haven't, but just by random, if you've happened to get a spam um, email for Weatherspoon's Wi-Fi, um, just confirm it, probably. That's what I've heard, anyway. <laughs> Have you been sending me spam? No. <laughs> I still love you. <laughs> no. <Aww. laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, I think that's us for another week for those uh, for the stories. So, yeah, what's left to say, I guess? A little bit if... of housekeeping. Yeah. Oh, yes. Basically, I want to tell you guys that if you don't think it sounds genuine when I ask you to leave a review and subscribe it, well, here's me telling you, please leave a review. Like, it actually does matter. So, um, so please, um, please leave a review, subscribe, because it makes a difference. Oh, and also, if you've been enjoying the quizzes on my Instagram, Benji's Banter, then Friday night will now be quiz night and there will be prizes for people who do well. So head over to my Instagram on Friday night and you'll see some questions about this week's episode. You can join in, have a go and uh, yeah, enjoy it. Excellent. Well, until next week, bye-bye. Adieu.